Hello and welcome to Give Me 10 Minutes, the teacher-powered podcast. I'm excited because I have Jay Williams with me today, second-year teacher, sixth and eighth grade history teacher, and we're going to have a conversation about education. We're both very passionate about what we do, and Jay teaches middle school, and he's going to be sharing about some things that he does with his students And I particularly wanted to speak to him because of his insight and perspective on specifically about the field of technology. Being a new teacher, a relatively new teacher, I know that you're a little bit more comfortable with technology than some of your more veteran, more seasoned teachers, I would say. I wanted to start off by asking you, what do you think the apprehension is with using technology? Why don't more teachers use it in the classroom, do you think? The fear of doing something new can change. I mean, everybody has that um, that that natural fear. Like if, if you've been doing something for 15, 20 years, like why switch and change? And and then once you've done it, um, like we kind of talked about before, like when you're going to change and shifting your gears into something, there's a fear element to it. It's like, okay, will it work? Will I be good at it? That's why I think they're pretty teachers are a lot more apprehensive about actually moving forward to this kind of tech way of teaching. What have you seen as the benefits of of incorporating technology in your classroom? I think it fits the mold of what the world is kind of going to. I like pushing the kids to be creative with their technology. And with projects and stuff, I don't do as many papers and things, but the same preparation that they would have to do to create a paper, I have them create a project with it. It could be a, like actually recently we did a video blog. It could be a, uh, Instagram posts. It could be a uh, reenactment or an interview and things like that where they're video taping themselves and then submitting it to me for a grade. But in, in it, they have to cite evidence. They have to get a counter argument. And they're doing all of that in their own creative way using technology. And to me, that's just as good as writing a paper because you're using those same tools to create it. And that's why I think uh, it keeps it more fresh and interesting for them because it gives them the options of doing different things instead of a traditional term paper or research paper. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned about the accountability. And I think that's very, very key when you're um, incorporating technology. You teach history. History could be a daunting subject for many. For many students, it might be not be the most exciting subject. So I want to hear about how do you use technology to infuse that interest? And what are some ideas that you have for history teachers or teachers in other subject areas to utilize that, to infuse that interest and make those kids really, really excited about the content? I'm a new teacher, so this feels like I'm, I'm constantly changing. But one thing that I use is games. Games, 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 games. <laughs> it's always a game. It's also I use a lot of competition. They can't see, but mm-hmm. if you see in the backboard, mm-hmm. I have a point system and things like that where the kids are separated into teams. In my room, like um, there's seven, I call them squads, and they work together. They're constantly collaborating on a variety of different things, even on tests. If a student, they're taking a test, they grade and check their, their, check their work, and they have what I call the, the squad sheet. Mm-hmm. And then we grade and check their squad sheet. So immediately after a test, we're grading and checking their squad sheets and the points that they've earned. Those points are added together, and we give the average, and that goes toward their squad points. So even on a test, they're competitively working together. There's a lot of competition and a lot of games. One of the games that I absolutely love right now 
is a quiz is it's basically an online game it's, it's very similar to kahoot mm-hmm. and the reason why i like it better than kahoot is because one that you can add like uh, it has like memes in it and things like that and gifts and you can do that and it's very silly and fun and interactive but then at the end of it it gives you data mm-hmm. so i can see which questions students are struggling with i can see which student is struggling on which questions like it's very specific I can use that data and I can help either use it to reteach or to group kids and other groups to help them out with the topics or the information that they're struggling with. The whole time they're thinking, oh, we're just playing a game with yeah. silly gifts and memes and <laughs> things like that. At the same time, it's giving me quality information that I could use to, to structure my lesson moving forward. And let me ask you um, about prep time, because yeah. I know setting something up like that specifically to achieve the desired results that you've been achieving, to have the students have their results and to have that specific data. So how long does it take you to put together a quiz, quizzes? Uh, quizzes, game? Mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Okay. So in one aspect of quizzes that I like, too, is you can search up questions mm-hmm. and see everyone who's made their quizzes games per, um, public, you can see their questions and you can automatically add them into yours. So it's like literally a, a couple clicks to get a, a decent quizzes up. I try to get the questions a little more higher thinking to them. So they, it's a little bit more challenge. I'll get some low level questions, but then some higher thinking questions too. So it's the prep time for that isn't that much. Mm-hmm. Something else that I do that yes. causes a lot of prep time that deals with technology, something we've been recently doing is PowerPoint. So I was just talking with one of the teachers in my in the, that also teaches sixth grades, and we've been working together on a lot of things. I've been making these very interactive, fun, creative PowerPoints. That takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. There's mm-hmm. video infused with it. So we'll be talking about a topic with Alexander the Great and Philip II and things like that. And as we're that slide talking about, about Alexander the Great, on the next clip, it'll be the trailer of the Alexander the Great movie so they can see it, what we yeah. just discussed. Doing that, it's, you know, the video editing and, and infusing that into PowerPoint takes a lot of time. Also, like I said in the beginning, how do you keep it fun? Yeah. Games, 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 games. Mm-hmm. So there's a constant competition. So their kids are in their squads. I'll get a dry erase board and I'll put it in one per squad and you'll have a dry erase marker. The next slide will be questions. The way I do it is like usually it's like kind of an elaborate looking picture mm-hmm. as the background of the slides. And then the questions zoom in and things like that and fly in in a cool, interesting way just to keep their attention. And then I'll ask them, OK, why is Alexander the Great significant? All right. So they have to write down he is significant because he spread Greek culture around through Europe and also Asia and Africa. So like the kids, they write the question on the board. I give them a few seconds, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like 20 seconds or so to write it down on the board. I have one representative from the, and they'll discuss it with their squads before they write it on the board. Mm-hmm. I have one representative stand up um, mm-hmm. with the answer and I always pick different kids. Yeah. So, and I tell them each time you stand up with a written answer that I want a different kid to do it. So even if it's a squad where you have the real one really super smart kid answering all the questions. Yeah. There's still a lower clear kid yeah. who might be in that group. And at the very least, they're reading the correct answer in front of the entire group. And that in itself, to me, has helped kind of instilling what the information is. That's what I wanted to say, because that is really interesting to me because of the way that you're using group work, even in the middle school level. Mm-hmm. Because me being an elementary school teacher, a lot of people think, I guess, of the mindset. I've heard of the mindset that once you hit middle school, that the group work is over. You know, and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm glad that you incorporate that. And I know, you know, the highly effective teachers, you know, those teachers, they really incorporate that. And that's essential, I believe, to student success is to make sure that they're hearing from each other 
and not just from you all the time of us as the educators. But I do want to touch on what kind of feedback have you received from students, from parents? And this is kind of a, a two-part question because when you're infusing, like you said earlier, technology, social media, and other avenues that you incorporate in your classroom, you, you do have that apprehension from parents. Is it safe? My daughter or my son is posting a video or if they're doing a project on a computer, what if we don't have a computer? So how do you deal with sort of the apprehension from parents and also students that may not have technology at home? How do you kind of navigate through that? Well, first, I unfortunately haven't had any issues with that at all, okay. with parents, yeah. on the parents' side. In the beginning of the year, I did a Google form mm -hmm. and I had all the kids fill it out and I asked them for one of those questions. Do you have a device that you will bring in school? Do you have some kind of electronic device or access to the internet at home? So that's the first thing, because I needed to get an idea of the demographic and mm -hmm. what the kids had. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, all of them had some kind of access to a computer at mm -hmm. home. Maybe not a printer, yeah. maybe not some special editing mm -hmm. software, but they had some access to a computer at home. Mm -hmm. So then I tapered my lessons to fit toward what they potentially had at home. Okay. And another thing is, when I give these projects, mm -hmm. I'm not saying, oh, you only can do this video vlog, okay. or you only can do this. I always give them options. I sure, like giving yeah. them what you call a choice board. Choice boards, of, yeah. Of, of Absolutely. Because there's time. They'll say, Mr. Williams, I'm not going to be able to do this or that because I'm either don't have the time or mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it's fine. You can do the same thing, but you can do it in a written way. So like, for example, like one activity we did is to make a music video, mm -hmm. basically describing if it was fair for the United States to go to war against Mexico. Some kids, they weren't able to do a music video. So what they did is they basically wrote the song mm -hmm. and they wrote the lyrics and mm -hmm. they turned that into me. And that, that works just as fine. So it's it still gives them ability to do the project. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not the element of technology that I wanted to necessarily be able to get them familiar with, mm -hmm. but it's still giving them the, the core of what they're learning at the same time presenting the same type of project that they're able to do. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about using technology both inside and outside of the classroom and the accountability level. I want you to say or talk about some helpful apps that you found, maybe some helpful websites that you know of. You didn't mention quizzes. Is that quizzes.com? Quizzes.com. Q-U-I-Z-I-Z-Z.com. Also, mm -hmm. another one is Quizlets. Q-U-I-Z-L-E-T.com. Quizlets is by far the kids' favorite game. Quizlet also is what we recently just started using all this stuff. Me, mm -hmm. recently, I just started using all this stuff. I'm seeing a huge jump in the scores of the kids. Okay. And to me, mm -hmm. the lesson, particularly in vocabulary, Quizlet is best used for vocabulary in my so opinion. So Quizlet for vocabulary. Vocabulary. Quizzes mm -hmm. is a little bit more flexible with concepts and things, mm -hmm. like a Kahoot or, mm -hmm. or something like that. Kahoot is another one if, uh, for those who aren't familiar with Kahoot. Mm -hmm. But Quizlet, it's like a flashcard. So you can do flashcards. You can do like a learning activity where basically it gives you the definition and you type in the word. You can do what they call a gravity where they have asteroids with the definition falling down. You have to type in the correct spelling of the word before it hits your planet and destroys you. They have a matching game where you have the word and it's best played on devices where you tap on the word and if you the next thing you tap on the definition and if it's right, it, it moves it away and then you, the person with the lowest, shortest time gets the highest points like the kid got 12 words that they had to match with the definition, and they did it in like five seconds. I don't even know how they did it. But they, I'll do little competitions like that, and the kids will get points for it. And then the thing the kids absolutely adore, love, 
is Quizlet Live. Q U I Z L E T dot L I V E. Quizlet Live. Quizlet dot live. And it's basically it's a collaborative game. Mm -hmm. It uses definitions. It's 12 questions. You can create the list in the, in the beginning. It automatically randomly groups, and this is what the kids like, it randomly groups the kids. So they're always in a group with my class and um, with their own, what I call their, their squads. But then this gives them a chance to randomly group so that the kid that they may never get to group with because they're two closest friends and mm -hmm. they talk too much, now they can talk to that kid <laughs> in this activity and they love it. They're like, oh, I'm with my homeboy, I'm with my friend, blah, blah, blah. So mm -hmm. they go over with their friends. What it does is it's a multiple choice. So I have the definition and then I have three words on your phone. Those three words might not be the answer to that definition. But then it'll have the same definition and another three words on another kid's phone. And then it'll have the same definition in a third set of three different words on the other kid's phone. So partners don't have the same answers, but you have the same question. Oh, so you sure. have to work together to get the right answer. Mm -hmm. And you have to do it in a row. So if you get 10 and you get the 11th one incorrect, you go all the way back to zero. Yeah. And the kids, I mean, they love it. They yeah. go ecstatic for this Quizlet game. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is I've never had a quiz since I've only taught for two years. Yeah. I've never had a quiz where the kids have done this well. And I had more A's than any other quiz I've ever given. Mm -hmm. And I had two classes where every kid got an A except one. Mm -hmm. An A, yeah. not, just a <laughs> not just a good grade, an yeah. A. There mm -hmm. was kids, ESC kids coming up to me and saying, Mr. Williams, look what I did. Look what I did on my quiz. And they're mm -hmm. showing me. And I'm looking at them. They got, well, I get 56 points. Yeah. 60, total of 60 points for their quiz. And they got a 56 out of 60. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, good job, bro. You got yeah. a 60. I was like, did you study? He's like, yeah, you know, I was playing with the quiz. Playing. You didn't even think <laughs> I was playing with the quiz. You know? I was playing with the quiz. Yeah. You know, and then he, I heard him go back to his quiz. Like, yeah, man, I got an A on this quiz. <laughs> like, they're ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love it. Uh -huh. They're learning. And they don't even realize it. Yeah. They don't even realize. We're playing these games all the mm -hmm. time. And they're getting these concepts, they're getting the definition, they're getting the terminologies. And I'm telling you, this, I, w I told them in the beginning, before we even started this, this chapter, I was mm -hmm. like, this, and it's talking about Roman government and stuff. And I mm -hmm. told them before this chapter started, I was like, this is the toughest chapter we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. The terminology and the vocabulary is very, very tough. Mm -hmm. And it's boring, mm -hmm. but they loved it. And yeah. They had fun the whole way. And they, they're acing tests. They're yeah. this test left and right. Yeah, I mean, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how... It's a technology, but in talking to you and feeling your passion, a lot of it has to do with the energy that you bring to the classroom, too. So I just wanted to talk about, aside from technology, how are you getting these kids motivated? Um, how do you get a reluctant kid? Because a lot of this content area is about reading, and there are struggling readers that you have in your classroom. You're not a reading teacher. You're not a language arts teacher. But you know you have those kids in your room. What are you doing to reach those kids, those reluctant readers? I don't want to read this long history article. Because a lot of times on the FSA, when they're hitting those, it's going to be the history articles. It's going to be the articles that you're teaching in your room that they're actually going to be tested on. So what are you doing in your room? And, you know, aside from the technology for a moment, what are you doing to reach those readers to ensure you know, that they're attacking those passages so when you present them? One way, I, you have to presented in a variety of different ways. Okay. Because every struggling reader is different. Absolutely. That's from my couple years that I've learned mm -hmm. that very fast. Mm -hmm. So I can't just say I'm take out the technology element, but what I do is I present the information to them in a variety of different ways and they're getting it over and over and over. So the higher level kids, 
they're staying interested because of the game and the funny and the fun element of it. The lower kids who are mm -hmm. more struggling readers and stuff, they may miss it with the quizzes. They may miss it with the quizlet. They may miss it with the PowerPoint, but they'll maybe gain it in some other way or some other activity, some group setting that we do that we're doing some little competition that I'm throwing. Sometimes I'll just randomly, let's just go outside and read this. And the changing of scenery and things like that. But they'll find a, they'll find a way to receive it in, in some avenue. Also, another thing that I do is I try to give them what they're going to learn before we learn it. So okay. like most, do, most teachers give study guides. Yeah. I give study guides too, mm -hmm. but I give it to them before we start. Mm -hmm. Before we start the chapter, I post it. I use Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. I post, I'll post it in Google Classroom, and I'll give it to them so they can see, okay, this is all the stuff that's going to be in the test. Mm -hmm. All right? So this is what we're going to learn. So this gives them the motivated kids. A lot of them, they knock it out early, the first week or so. Right? Mm -hmm. I've done my study guide already. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. We're going to be turning it in then in the chapter. Mm -hmm. but the other thing that we do, too, is I give them guided note sheets. Mm -hmm. So their note sheets is basically, I guess you could say, like, just questions, the main key points, or you could say reading checks mm -hmm. of what the main what main items on the text will be. They will fill out the, they'll as they're reading, they'll fill out those question sheets. I also allow them to collaborate and work with their squads to complete the question sheets as well. Mm -hmm. So there may be, like I said, I grew kids with a higher mm -hmm. kid and with the struggling kids so mm -hmm. they could kind of teach. Because one mm -hmm. thing I've learned, you learn more by teaching mm -hmm. than you actually do by trying to just read or sustain it on your own. Absolutely. So one, that's helping the higher kid mm -hmm. to retain information. Mm -hmm. And then it's giving another voice other than my voice to teach to another kid who mm -hmm. may be struggling with the material. What I've noticed with the motivation of reading, it's the competition is huge mm -hmm. and in my personality. Yes. Like I, I keep things fun. I keep mm -hmm. it light. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of breaks. It's not a constant, oh, we're learning about the Roman Empire and we're going to learn about it for because we do a block system. We do mm -hmm. blocks. Mm -hmm. So it's like an hour and a half plus. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not learning about the Roman Empire for a full for a full hour and a half. They'll come in the classroom, they'll um, read the section, they'll do the, no the note sheets. There's kids who are struggling readers and they'll have to, you know, with proximity or, you know, verbal warnings, things like that, say, okay, let's stay on task, blah, blah, blah. And I'll notice, yeah, they might not get all the questions. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do the slides and the slides basically go over everything that was on that sheet that they could have read or mm -hmm. should have read on mm -hmm. their own. Then we'll do, I'll uh, take a break and do a quizzes over that same material mm -hmm. or the same section. And so they're getting it multiple times yeah. in multiple different ways throughout a class. Yeah. And then there's times where I just completely go with something else. Mm -hmm. And they even laughed and they're like, why do you tell these random, because I tell yeah. like random funny, silly stories about me, yeah. my, my mom and stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's related to the material, but most of the time it's not. Yeah. They're like, why are you telling this crazy story? Mm -hmm. and, and it was like, because this is a brain break. You know, this is yeah, a, yeah. to learn something different. Absolutely. I do trivia quizzes. There's like Ted Ed. I love Ted Ed, particularly mm -hmm. for their videos, educational videos. And also they have a lot of riddles and mm -hmm. such. Um, that's more for eighth graders. Sixth graders, it's a little harder for them to grasp. Mm -hmm. But the, with the eighth graders, you'll do the Ted Ed videos and riddles and things like that. But and now the kids know like after every 20 minutes or so or, mm -hmm. or even less, they know that there's a brain break coming. Yeah. So they're not stressed out and strained from thinking of or learning this new material. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of relax their brain a little bit. And then mm -hmm. we go right back into it and do it still in a fun, engaging, entertaining way with games, with me telling jokes or being silly. Like some of my PowerPoints, they're like, it feels like a, a bunch of memes and things like that that are basically telling this story about history. And they use this like 
For example, we learned about the, it sounded really stupid and far-fetched, but we learned about the Roman tripartite system uh-huh. um, through Three's company. Mm-hmm. So one of the brain breaks was, I showed the Tomo Nakamado. Uh-huh. I showed the little beginning of the Three's company, mm-hmm. and I said, what are the three the, What are the three names of the main characters of this TV show? And they're like, what is this? Uh-huh. What does this have to do with Rome? Uh-huh. We're talking about the tripartite system. You're talking about Three's company. <laughs> and then they, they're Googling on their phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like trying to figure out, and you know, doing their little Shazam to figure out what the song yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Googling to figure out who the person is. And then, you know, and then they write on their team board. I call it, put it on the board. And they put it on the board, and then, you know, the kids raise their hand with the answer. And then the next thing, I taught the Roman tripart system. So Jack, that's the main guy, he's the Senate. And then Janet, she is the magistrates. And then Chrissy, she was the assemblies and tribunes. And, and it's like, so like they're, they're seeing this flow of the story using this yeah. threes company thing. Uh-huh. Which, it's it's super silly and still and stupid. Mm-hmm. And then like in the end, that same class, I did another one. I call it random trivia. And then one thing I said, this theme is like this Roman system is super complicated, right? Yeah. So I played the Avril Lavigne song "Complicated" for them. Uh-huh. So I was like, "What's the name of this uh, artist and the song?" And mm-hmm. and then and they're like, "What is this?" And then she said, "It's so complicated." And they're like, "Oh, I like this song. I know you know this song. This song came out when I was your age." But but then and then the next thing, you know we talked about how complicated it is and why yeah. what's the benefit of it being complicated and they say oh because it allowed a balance so no person had too much power so like they're getting these concepts wow. in a cool interesting way with infusing technology and things like that and that's, that's what amazing. keeps it fresh yeah. and new for them and when it's not so just as boring like I think of uh, this is a show come on back in the day, mm-hmm. Wonder Years. Uh-huh. Where a guy used to talk like, this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't, you know, I don't want do them it. to Absolutely. feel that. You yeah. know, I want them to leave. I call it, I call my classroom the realm. Uh-huh. I want them to leave the realm with the with the energy, with the with the passion, and I, I want them like to not even feel those the hour and a half, two hours go by. It's like wow, yeah. the class is almost over already. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think using those games and using the technology has helped that a lot. That's great. That's great. Yeah. What you shared today was powerful. A lot of good strategies that I think that teachers could use right away. It was practical, and I think that uh, many will enjoy what you had to share. And I end each podcast by letting teachers know that as a teacher, that your voice has power. And I thank you for being part of the Teacher Powered Podcast. Oh, appreciate thank it. You so it's much. a pleasure. All right. It's a pleasure. All right. All right.